0: Over the next 24 hours, you'll celebrate Christmas and you'll have a lot of fun and you'll celebrate it differently. We'll celebrate it based upon the family that we grew up in. Some of us will celebrate Christmas based on the culture that we grew up in, but we all have our traditions and our ways of celebrating Christmas. But one of the things that stands in common with all of us when it comes to Christmas, almost all of us, I would say, will exchange presents on Christmas Day or Christmas Eve. And some of those presents, that you'll receive, it'll be a good present. Some of those presents that you'll receive, it'll be a bad present. And some of those presents you give will be a good present. Some of those presents you give will be a bad present. And the presents that we give and receive, there are things that make presents good and things that make presents bad. And I remember when Stacy and I, uh, we lived in San Jose at the time, it was just a few weeks before my 30th birthday, and Stacy handed me an envelope or a card and she wanted me to open it. So I started reading the card and I got down about halfway through the card and I realized my face went white because I noticed in the card, she said, today we're going skydiving for your 30th birthday. And my whole life I'd promised myself I would never jump out of a perfectly good airplane. And so I looked online, I realized I had like a one in 11,000 chance of dying. She said to me, Andy, we have friends coming, there's a camera crew, in fact, we're in a teaching series at church about courage, so don't be a coward, do it. So I did it, and I lived to tell the story. I'm alive today after jumping out of an airplane. But that's the last time I did it, that's the last time. And for my 40th, I said to her, Stacey, if we do something extreme, I'd actually like to be a part of that decision, please. So a few weeks before my 40th birthday, she handed me another envelope, and this time I opened it, And this was the best gift ever. In the envelope, there was a note or story of somebody's life that had been changed by our ministry. There was a memory memory from a good friend or family member. And then there was something from an immediate family member about something that they loved about me. It was so awesome. So every day for 40 days, plus a video online from mentors and people in our lives, every day I got this present. And by the end, I was so encouraged by this gift so encouraged that I asked her to do it for another 40 days. And she said, that's it, that's all you get. But what made that gift so wonderful was it was a gift that she could only give to me. It was only a gift that Stacy could give to me. And it came from her heart, deep within her heart, that she wanted to bless me and show me love. And when you think of gifts, some of the best gifts are personal gifts that are given to us. And it's a great tragedy when you're given a gift and that gift remains unopened. And I want you to imagine for just a moment a Christmas tree with one gift left unopened underneath it. And you got to ask the question, why is the gift still unopened? Like what's in it, number one, and why does it remain unopened? And I would say that there are reasons that gifts don't get opened. And I want to talk about a gift that God wants to give to you today. It's the greatest gift that you could ever receive In fact, this is a gift that no matter what your situation or circumstances this year, whether this has been a wonderful year and you've accomplished all your dreams and you got that job promotion, or this has been a horrendous, broken, empty, hurting year for you, no matter where you are in that journey, this is a gift that God wants to give to you. Jesus spoke about this gift in John chapter 14, verse 27, and I want you to hear his words. He said, I am leaving you with a gift, a peace of mind and heart, and the peace I give is a gift that the world cannot give to you. I'm leaving you with this gift deep within your mind and heart, and that gift is my peace, and it's a gift that no circumstance can give to you. No amount of money, no relationship, no job promotion, no matter what you do in this world, or no matter what you receive, it's a gift that nothing in this world can provide. And this is the reason why for so many of you, you have more than you ever thought that you would have, yet there's still something deep inside of your heart that's missing. And Jesus is saying, I wanna give you the thing that is missing this Christmas. It's the gift of my peace. It's the gift of my love deep within your soul. And Jesus says these words as he's about to be crucified and he says, don't be troubled or afraid. Circumstances might shift, but in every circumstance you can have the gift of my peace. And this flows from the core message of why Jesus came from heaven to earth. In fact, in Luke chapter 2, the first account, the angels saw the shepherds, and it says, the angel said to the shepherds, don't be afraid, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He's the Messiah, the Lord, and this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger, and suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. God wants today to bring peace on earth, but not just peace generically on earth, peace to you and your heart. And I wanna talk for a few moments about that gift, that gift of peace. And for some of you today, you haven't opened the gift yet. I wanna talk about how do you unwrap the gift of God's peace for you. And I have three big ideas. The first one comes out of why this gift might not be open. And the first reason that this gift might not be open is if you think that the gift is for somebody else. And I would say to you today, the gift of God's peace is a personal gift, not a generic gift. It's a gift that God wants to give directly to you. And maybe you're here today, this is perhaps your first time at church, or somebody promised you steak afterwards, and you're here with them, and they're going to make good on that promise. But maybe you're here, and this, all this stuff about God is new for you. And you might be led to believe that the message of Jesus, or the message of faith, is for another human being. It's for the person that brought you. It's for your kids. It's for your roommate. And maybe you've even heard verses from the Bible like this John 3:16 that says for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whosoever would believe in him shall not perish but have eternal everlasting life. And maybe you see that phrase that says the world with 8 billion plus people on planet earth. And you might be tempted to think that the 8 billion people are just this generic mass of people to the God of the universe. And today what we need to hear is the message of Jesus, the message of Christmas. When God looks at planet Earth, he does not see a sea of people, he sees individuals. And he knows every hair on your head, he knows every tear that you've cried this year, he knows everything that's broken from your past, he knows every regret and all the shame that you carry, and he is more than enough for all of it. And in order to unwrap or receive this gift, I have to believe that because of Jesus, I am already accepted. I have to believe that because of Jesus, I'm already accepted and that the gift from God is a personal gift that he wants to give to me. In our family, we have three kids, 16, 14, and nine, and we're at a place now where we've been married long enough, our kids are old enough, we have traditions that you have to keep during the holidays. And early on in the holidays, when we would celebrate Christmas, our kids always wanted to start opening Christmas presents like way early. And so we made a tradition where on Christmas Eve in our family, we exchange presents, but it's the kids that exchange presents with one another. So you get a gift for your sibling, so you get two siblings, you get them gifts, and then you get two gifts, and they love it. They look forward to it every year. It's a tradition now in our home. So if we didn't do it, you'd hear some, something about it. But in my family growing up, we had another tradition. And this tradition was an awful tradition. So we would go to my grandparents' house, and my dad, he has this huge family, five siblings. That's awesome, that's great. But they all have like a bunch of kids. And so when we would get together, we would play a game. You might have done it before. It's called the White Elephant Gift Exchange. So you could imagine how this would work. So there's probably about 30 to 40 people there. You tear off little pieces of paper, put them in a hat, and you start drawing. Now the only people that get a number are the people that brought a present to the party. And when you get your, there, you put your present on the table, and if you're number one, you draw a present from the table. But if you're number two, you get to either draw the present that was already opened or another present from the table. So by the time you get to 40, you've got 40 gifts to choose from. But this game, it could go on for hours. And it was so horrible because, you know, the person that would bring the best present would often get number one, and the person that would bring that nasty pair of socks again would get number 40. And the game was so generic in the presents that you would get, now it's awesome, any gift is great, but what made that so frustrating at times is the gift is just like this generic gift that you got from somebody just to be a part of a white elephant gift exchange. Now you can theme it and make it more fun, But we all know a gift that is personal is different. A gift that comes from a heart to a heart, from a person to a person, carries power, it carries weight. It's different when you receive it personally. And the message of Jesus is a personal message for you. Romans chapter five verse eight says that God demonstrates his love for us in this. God is one who loves to demonstrate the depth of his love, and the way he demonstrates his love for us is this, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That means before you did anything good, like a little baby, when a mom or a dad holds a little baby in their arms, and that little child has not done anything. They just poop and pee and you know, stay up all night, but parents, they're perfect, aren't they? Aren't you so grateful for those kids? And that love that is this perfect love for a parent, a little baby, is that perfect love. There's so many messes that we make with our lives, but our Heavenly Father has a perfect love for us with the brokenness, with the emptiness, and he is saying to you today, you are worthy of the gift of peace, worthy of the gift of salvation that he wants to give to you. Sometimes when you receive a gift that is so extravagant, deep inside your heart, you might think I'm not worthy of that gift. But I want to say to you today, you are worthy of the gift of God's peace so much. He saw your worth to be so much that He would lay down His life on a cross for you so that you could be forgiven. So we must believe that it's personal, not generic. But there's another one it's believing that the gift is given, not earned. And there's something about earning a gift, where you feel like you work hard enough, you you deserve it. And perhaps sometimes when people bring you gifts, maybe you do this, uh, when somebody comes over your house during the holiday, you have a stash of gifts in a closet somewhere. So if they come over with a gift, you got a gift for them. I know you, I know what you do. And you wait, like do they have a gift in their hands? You're kind of watching, the hands are behind the back. And if they go, you're like, honey, go get the gift. You know. And we, we do that, Part, partly because it, it, as humans, we feel like we have to exchange. You know, it's like you get something, you give something. And when it comes to salvation and the gift of God's peace, it's hard to receive because we feel like there's something that we need to do to earn it, to, to work hard enough, to, to pay for it. But the message of Jesus is so different than every other world religion. Every world religion at its core, from Islam to Buddhism to every major belief system aside from the teachings of Jesus is all about what we can do to get our way back to God. That if we can work hard enough and if we can follow all the rules, we'll earn our way back to God. But the message of Jesus, when we look at a little manger with a baby that is inside God and human flesh, God came to us. Emmanuel, God with us. So the message of Jesus, the message of Christmas, the message of Easter is not one that we work for. It's not one that we earn, it's one that we receive. And in order to receive it, I have to receive and believe that through Jesus it's already taken care of. It's already paid in full. When Jesus would breathe his last breath here on planet Earth before being placed into a grave three days and then coming forth victoriously, conquering death. When he was breathing that last breath, Jesus said one final word. And in the original language, it was the word tetelestai. And it's translated in the English language, it is finished. It was literally a payment. It was like Jesus was saying, paid in full. And what he was saying when he was breathing his last breath is that I have paid the full and final price for the sins, the brokenness of anyone who would come to me so that they might receive the forgiveness that the Father wants to give to their lives. Romans 5, 1 and 2, the Apostle Paul says, therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So this is a peace that comes by faith through the grace of God. So the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, he is bringing two parties back together that have been separated, humanity and the heart of God. And his death, his resurrection makes a way that by faith, through grace, you can be justified before God. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we've gained access by faith into this grace, which which we now stand, and we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Today, it's so important that you hear this. There's nothing that you could do to ever earn your way back to God. And some of us have this view of the scales, like these are my good deeds, these are my bad deeds, and if I do a little bit more, I can weigh it down. And when my life is over, it's gonna be good versus bad, but that's not the message of Jesus. It's not good versus bad, he's the one that is good. We're the ones that need mercy in our lives. And his death on a cross pays the price so that bad, broken, empty, hurting, lost people can come back to the heart of God not based on religious performance. Oh, this is so important. Oh, this changes your life when you realize that you are loved by God not based upon your religious performance. And I wanna encourage you today, you can open that gift. And when we understand this, there's like this immediate peace that we can experience. It's like some of you, you're home for the holidays, students, college students, or maybe just out of, uh, just out of college, and there's those few years before like, you get your feet established and you're, you know, you're doing well financially. Stacy and I like to say, during that season of our life, we weren't poor, we were broke. And there were moments, those of you who are students, Uh, you you have these moments where somebody invites you to go out to eat for a meal, and in your mind, you're like, okay, well, who's paying for the meal? Because I don't have any money. So you go, and maybe you sit down at the table. And some of us, it's really hard to remember. This This is a long season ago, but I want you to try to remember. You're sitting there, and you feel that anxiety. Who's going to pay the bill? And so you're like, well, I'll get the chips and salsa and some water. And the waitress comes back, and... You're like, well, I'll get the chips and salsa. This is the best chips and salsa I've ever had in my entire life. This water is, where'd you get this water from? This is unbelievable. And when the person on the other side of the table says, it's okay, I got it. It's taken care of. There's like this deep sigh of relief that you feel. Some of you are like, well, I'll take the queso and the guacamole and a tostada and a burrito and some tacos. But the point is, when you realize it's paid for, there's peace And so today there's peace that you can open because it's paid for, it's already taken care of. Jesus has paid the price so that you and I can be forgiven and have relationship with God. Now there's one third and final reason that oftentimes we don't open the gift. And it's because when we look at the gift, that gift that remains unopened under the tree, we may assume that the gift is to be opened later, not now. And sometimes our timing on opening gifts gets off, When I was a little kid, I would often open gifts prematurely, and my mom still reminds me of that. And I got sentenced with that myself. My kids did the exact same thing. But timing is important when it comes to opening a gift. And when it comes to the gift of peace, the gift of relationship with God, there are some of you that you've told yourself at some point in the future, I'll open that gift. And today it's important to understand the gift is now, not later. It's a gift for today, not tomorrow. It's a gift that God wants to give to you in this season. And perhaps there's even a part of you that you believe this cognitively about the message of Jesus. And there's a part of you that thinks maybe at some point in the future, you're in your 20s now, and when you're in your 30s, once you're married, you're gonna start surrendering your life to God Go back to church regularly, and it's all going to be good. But then some of you in your 30s, you're like, well, I'm still building my career, and I want to be really successful, and I don't want God to take away my success, so I'm going to get the career I want, and in my 40s, I'm going to surrender to God. But then some of you that are in your 40s, you're looking at your life, and you're like, I've made such a mess in my 20s and 30s. How could God ever love me? And then when you get to your 50s, you're like, well, how much is even left? And you're going through your mind, and it's like, Oh, we skipped so many opportunities to respond to this good news of the grace of God. And part of the problem comes from our core belief that our life is better in our hands and that God somehow is gonna take away all the joy and all the fun. You can follow Jesus and still go skydiving. That's good to know. But God, God is not a cosmic killjoy looking to take away the joy in your life. In fact, life in God is always better. And in order for me to open that present from God, I have to trust that with God in charge, my future is always better. With him in charge of my life, my 20s and 30s and 40s and 50s and 60s and 70s and 80s and 90s, it's all better With God, because he's the source of life and peace. In him, there's joy. In him, there's confidence. In him, there's provision. And life with God is always better than life apart from God. Doesn't mean that there's not pain. It doesn't mean that there's not loss and sorrow. But life with God is always better than life without God. When God described himself in the Old Testament to Moses, Moses was about to go to Egypt to free the Israelites and God is sending Moses, and Moses says to God, who should I tell them sent me? And God said, tell them I am sent you. And Moses was like, I am. Who's I am? I'm not, I'm not I am, I am sent me? And God says, no, that's my name, I am. And so this is the name that I will be remembered by for generations, I am. Translated, the original word is Yahweh, which means I am. That means that yesterday, I am. That means today, I am. That means tomorrow, I am. God is the great I am of yesterday, today, and tomorrow, which is so foreign to us because we function in yesterday, today, and tomorrow. We live on a continuum of time. When I started preaching and sharing messages to multiple campuses, they said things to me like, don't say tonight, say, today. Don't say this morning, say today, because it's not always tonight, but it's always today. It's not always this morning, but it's always today. So if it's tonight, for somebody else, it might be this morning, but for somebody when it's this morning, it might be tonight. You're tracking with me? And in our minds, we we have time as a continuum, but for God, God stands outside of time. So that means the great I am is in your past right now, working out all the sorrow, regret, and shame from your past. And he's in the present with you in this moment, Emmanuel, God with us. And when you get to tomorrow, now today, tomorrow is tomorrow, but when you get to tomorrow, tomorrow will be yesterday, and, or it'll be today, and today will be yesterday, tomorrow. Y'all tracking with where I'm going with this. But when you get to tomorrow, I am will be there. Because today, God is already working out your tomorrow on your behalf. He's already in tomorrow, working out a better future for you than you could ever produce today. So when you're in today, you're thinking about tomorrow and the weight of tomorrow, but God didn't design you to carry the weight of tomorrow today. Woo! That's a mind bender. I don't know if I'll be able to do that at 10 p.m., but. Today, your future is better in the hands of God. And let me say it like this. This last week, I went to the store, to a grocery store, and I don't do that very often in this season of life, but I'm there, and I was supposed to go earlier in the week, but some things changed, and I didn't get to go that day, so I'm walking out of the store, and out walks, or in walks this woman, and she walks up to me with tears in her eyes, and she's just weeping, and she says, Pastor, we, we lost my brother this last week, three days ago, and I'm on the way to the morgue right now, and I just need somebody to pray for me right now because we're going through it. His kids, my kids, and I'm, I'm just broken. I need somebody to pray for me, and I just I reached out my arms and prayed over her, and what struck me when I w- walked away from that moment was that the God of the universe saw that woman, and he knew her pain. So much that he would send a pastor at the right moment when she needed somebody to pray for her. If God can do that for that woman, he can do the exact same thing for you. That's how much God loves you. That in your future, he's going to meet you there. He's already working out. And it doesn't mean that there's not loss. It doesn't mean that there's not grief. But your future is always better with God in charge. Isaiah chapter 9 verse six through eight, these beautiful verses where Isaiah is speaking. He says, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. This is speaking prophetically hundreds of years before Jesus would come. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. And I just, deep in my heart, I know that there's so many of you today that you're so empty and you're hurting. And you need a counselor. You you need a therapist. You'll pay money for that. But what I'm telling you is there's there's a free counselor, a wonderful counselor. Not saying don't go to the therapist, but I'm saying there's one that's way better that today can give you a gift of peace that no human on planet Earth can give to you. He is the Prince of Peace. And the scripture says, that the government would be placed on his shoulders. And for the Israelites, they were hoping for a physical government to be placed on his shoulders, that he would be the king and free him free them from the oppression of the Romans. But, but Jesus, he was bringing about another kingdom. And it says in that passage that of his government, there will be no end. And of the increase of his peace, there will be no end. Because he's bringing about a kingdom deep within the human soul so that in every nation, tribe, and tongue, In every situation, every circumstance, rich and poor, people from all different backgrounds, people with brokenness and addictions and chains in their past can come to this God who is the Prince of Peace. And regardless of what you brought to Him, you can have His peace because of who He is and what He's done on your behalf. And your openness to receive this gift of peace is the most important gift that you will ever unwrap with your life. The Christmas message is the greatest message. Christmas and Easter together, the greatest message in all of human history. God became one of us and lived among us so that we could have hope and peace. And I so badly want you this holiday season to experience his peace. So can I ask you, friend, have you unwrapped the gift of his peace this Christmas? Have you opened it up? Today can be that day. Our team has wrote this beautiful song that sings about peace at last. And some of us think peace is a path, maybe it's a product, and I'm saying to you today, peace is a person, and his name is Jesus, and he's here, he's here now. Will you unwrap the gift of his peace?